Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hey, what's going on, folks? Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What it do? Folks, I am calling a stop and a halt to all of you savages who are not letting Demi Lovato recover in peace. She has become a meme, and it is unacceptable. It was unacceptable when it was Lamar Odom. It was unacceptable. Who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, had some crazy times out in these streets. So wild, crazy. It was. When, it was when unacceptable Houston? when it was Britney Spears with her head shaved. Did Whitney Houston do that? Happened to her too, right? She had some moments. It was unacceptable then too, man. You know, let's just have some compassion, folks. I know. I know it's easy to make jokes about people when they're down on their luck, and some of them are funny. I will. I'll give you credit. <laughs> Some of them are funny. But is that really the kind of people you want to be, man? Do you really want to be the person that's kicked somebody while they're down? That's the internet, man. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm preaching it, but Twitter, man, it's just it's just it's harsh. It's, it's, a, it's a wild, wild west, man. <laughs> the day that happened, I got the alert on my phone, and I was like, damn, that's crazy. And I put it up on Facebook like, man, that's wild, right? It was a completely different story on Twitter. Every man is for himself is on Twitter. Man, I mean, they had her running down the... They had put her head on Smokey from Friday. People have... Oh, did all kind of craziness, man. It it was insane. But um, I take that that to heart a lot because one of my favorite artists of all time is Amy Winehouse. And she she was down on her luck and kind of... It became almost a joke that she was, you know, addicted to drugs and going through a hard time. Like, it became more synonymous with Amy Winehouse than her music, you know, and then it played out in, you know, the paparazzis and the tabloids and everything like that. And everybody's laughing and late night shows are making jokes about it. And then she died, you know, and then it's not funny anymore, you know, which it wasn't funny to begin with, but that's when uh, then people want to put the RIP, the same people who had the jokes want to post the RIP post, you know? So I understand that that's the Twitter world. I just wanted to make my stance clear on that. I'm not really a fan of kicking people while they're down. Like Demi Lovato was pronouncing that she was clean and all these kind of things, and and, and addiction is not a joke. Um, but when somebody is saying like I'm trying to better myself and then they relapse, I just it's not funny to me. Anyway, friend, what's going on with you, man? How was your week? Uh, 
it's a pretty good week. You know, nothing new. Same old um, stuff for that stuff I heard about Trump and him got like a secret agency or something. Yeah, it's too much. Post to office is like, I'm bro. I'm, oh yeah, well, um, I don't I don't know much about that. I do remember I, I um I saw a thing on uh, the View where Joy Behar and, and uh, John McCain's daughter got into an argument, and they were saying some stuff about. Megan McCain was saying, like, the government sucks because the post office is run poorly. And I recently found out not too long ago that the post office doesn't receive government money. They did have to no. get a kickback recently because they were going through some financial problems. Or y'all. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I'm, you're gang gang, right? You're gang yeah. gang. You're, you're male gang. So, um, but, like, they make their money from the stamps. I keep telling people. Yeah. People think, people at work, I hear this all the time. Like, oh, you work for people me. think. No, people think we get paid off tax dollars. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. We don't get paid off of tax dollars. Yeah, well, like they would, they would talk, yeah, to, like okay, they would yeah. talk to a police officer. I, yeah, I see what you, you know, mean. Yeah. yeah, we get paid off revenue. Yeah. So, eh, I mean, like, I don't, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I don't really get into what his, what Trump do and everything. But when it starts but I mean, to like, affect you, it's like, it's a different story. Bro, but that, but what he's trying to do is mainly on management. Oh, okay. Not curious, because you need people to carry the mail. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, but see, that's the crazy thing, like, because in in Republican world, they say, leave it up to the open market mm-hmm. and it'll balance itself out. So they say, you know, FedEx and UPS, if you just let the, it's capitalism, you let these, you, it creates a market. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, that's when you get drone mail and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's one of those things the where, drone mail. yeah, it's but it's one of those things where it's like, do we really want to futurize every single person? person in this country out of a job like is that the current the direction you want to go with this country like it like what who's bothered by the mailman that's not like, you know what i mean like it, just it, let it be a job that people <laughs> it's like, like it got it has to be other important things or agendas that you yeah, have to do like nah that. i don't really like that people out here making money delivering my mail <laughs> i'd rather a robot was doing that you know i just don't i don't get it i yeah, just so, i agree um i'm gonna try to steer away from talking about that guy <laughs> as much because it it just every day is something new, and we'll catch the we'll every catch day. the like when 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 Tom Hardy does the Trump movie in twenty years, the biopic of Trump, mm-hmm. the cra- it's gonna be crazy. I'm tell y'all, I'm 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 putting it out there now, because this podcast is gonna be rocking from now to eternity. So when we're recording in season twenty, and that new Tom Hardy movie's coming out where he's playing the life and times of Donald Trump in the year uh twenty thirty eight, and that shit drops and it's absolute fire and it wins all the Oscars. I'm I'm letting I'm letting you know now it's gonna be crazy, you know. <laughs> but for now, I just can't keep up with all the crazy, the Russia, and I I I have no time for it. I, I, I don't care. I don't like the guy, but it's it, you get so inundated with so much. Every day it's a new story. It's just so much stuff. Yeah, it starts to feel like it's part of his strategy, and I'm not gonna let him strategize me. Like, well, we're, I'm gonna hit him with all this, and then they won't focus on the real shit I'm doing. But for you, you're like, I'm not taking that bait. I'm trying not to. It's, it gets hard, man, because he'll come out and say some crazy shit. Like, you know what I mean? Where you're like, I got I'll be on Facebook. I'll be like, this guy, Alvin, need to calm down. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be trying to, you know, I'll, I'll be trying to, like, uh, stay cool and be like, man, whatever. That guy's crazy. And then it'll be like, Donald Trump said, blah, 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 blah. And fuck this person. And these people are dog shit. And you're like, uh, but that's not cool, man. That's not okay to do. But, you know, so we're going to try to ease off that as much because what we do here is talk about fucked up shit. Yep. But before we jump into these good vibes, I wanted to reveal to you and some of the listeners because I have given some insight on myself on this podcast and I just wanted to, uh, you know, continue to do so and use this uh, podcast as a form of therapy. 
for myself. And uh, my father is out of jail. Oh, shit. Yeah, so um, he got out probably two weeks ago. And we've been talking on and off and stuff and just kind of communicating and everything like that. And we're supposed to grab lunch on Friday. Okay. So um, I don't really know how that's going to go. I don't have an issue with my dad, but he uh, definitely wasn't the best dad in the world. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to, at some point, I've, I've forgiven that he wasn't a good dad, but I don't want to let somebody just get off without them knowing my side yeah, of the story. Definitely. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want this, I don't want him, all right, we're cool. And then, and then okay. it's like, yeah, I guess I was a great dad, so we're moving on. It's like, no, no I'm 26 now. Let's start from here. This is new relationship. Mm-hmm. Bam. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to attack you for those things, but I am. I do want to let you know what what those things were that hurt me. Yeah. And then we can go from now, from this chapter forward and start a new relationship as kind of friends. Because I don't really need a dad now. Mm-hmm. I'm 26. I don't need somebody to tell me, give me advice on things. I don't really need it. But I can have a friend mm-hmm. to give me, a, you know, light advice. But I don't need a discipline or any of those kind of things that the role of a father, I guess, would fill. I don't need those things. So mm-hmm. we can start a new relationship, uh, you know, as two adults who are related. And I think that could be cool, and I look forward to that. So I'm I'm looking forward to the future with positive eyes and and and, and nothing but good spirits, and and I hope it all works out for the best. I mean, I think I I think that's cool. I really think that's cool that y'all actually getting together. I mean, I met your dad once. I think yeah, I met him once. That's the thing that's hard. Um, is he's a nice guy. Like he's yeah, a, he's a chill guy. And, you know, it's not like he you know uh, beat me or was mm-hmm. mean or anything like that. He's real. He's a funny guy. He's a nice guy. He just wasn't a good dad. Mm-hmm. So. I think, yeah, so I think y'all will get some good out of that. You know, um, you're a very honest person. You keep it real. That's why we're best friends. Yeah, that's why we but, um, yeah, I think he would take that, you know, how that meeting goes. I think he, yeah. would be, he will understand how you feel, and y'all can move on from here now and not worry about what happened in the past. But to let him know, you know, how you the, felt yeah, and the, how, how I handled it. Yeah, right. yeah. These, so I, these things. Yeah, yeah so I, I think that's cool. Yeah. I think that's cool. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, you know, we are a podcast who doesn't just talk the talk, we walk the walk. And I want my life filled with nothing but good vibes. Even when we wade through the darkness of these stories, we try to come out the other side and find the light in these dark stories. So in order to continue with that theme, let's jump into these good vibes. Yes, folks, that's right. It's time for another Good Vibes segment. This, The purpose of this Good Vibes segment is to just fill you with a lot of positive, warm, maybe give you a nice laugh before we jump into some what I can only describe as scarring and horrific stories about the dark side of the world. Um, Fran, my story's pretty quick this week, so I was just going to okay. jump off and tell it really quick. Um, I saw a video uh, today. Uh, it's, a, it's a flight attendant. Mm-hmm. So Virgin Airlines, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with Virgin Airlines. I never flown Is that like it. Virgin Mobile? Yes, it's okay. the same guy. Yeah. Richard Branson right. is rich as fuck. He's yeah. super, super rich. <laughs> that he just started a, a, a flights too. He does. A, nice. He started his own airline, right? So I don't really know too many people that have flown Virgin. I don't know where they go because that whole thing is kind of crazy. Like some, I don't know if you have to pay to be able to go to certain places, but some airlines can't go to some places. And oh, I shit. think Virgin is probably, like, we can take you from London 
to Germany. I don't know. I've never seen a virgin hmm. plane at the Baltimore airport yeah, just like waiting to take off. So I don't know if it even comes around this way. Anyway, they're going out of business. Oh. Actually, they ha- they aren't going out of business. They merged with another airline, okay. which I'm assuming Richard Branson. This is the I'm not going to get into the craziness of capitalism, but I'm assuming Richard Branson made a lot of money from that merger, and a lot of people lost their jobs. Mm. I'm assuming Richard Branson went. Well, they came to me with an offer. They want my planes or my name or whatever. They're going to give me such and such million, and then I'm just going to close up my business. And whoever works for Virgin, you know, that, oh well, you know. Wow. But anyway. On the bright side, I don't know if that's the case, <laughs> but in one guy's case, this guy named Mikey Tongo Burry, mm-hmm. uh, he posted his last, fl- he was one of, you know, so I don't know how much you fly, but flight attendants, I like a nice flamboyantly gay flight attendant. That's my favorite type of flight attendant, mm-hmm. where they come on, and, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's uh, almost time to hit the sky. <laughs> uh, sir, that shirt is ugly, but that's okay. We're going to fly. We're going to have a good time. Maybe get a new shirt wherever you're going. And it's like... They have jokes, and you know, you know, they'll do the like. Uh, and if you look to the left, if you look out the window, you'll see your mom out there. Hey, say wave hi to her. Like when they're doing the safety uh, thing, they have all these little jokes and everything like that. Well, him, what he does is he dances. Okay. He comes out and for his last dance, I'm gonna I'm gonna post the video on all the socials and everything like that. But he put on a Beyonce song and just got his life. Like they had purple lights on. I don't know if Virgin is like their thing is. We are a fun airline, mm-hmm. so we the lights are. Fun colors, mm-hmm. but in this video, the lights are purple, and he's coming out from around a wall and doing a Beyonce dance. And it was his last performance as a flight attendant. And he got a selfie, Richard Branson, to he thanked him. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe it's not as dirty as a move as I'm making it out to be. Because, but, cause, but some mergers are that way. Maybe he a, like he did a dance because he has another job. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's like, I've ran my, I've run my course as uh, a flight attendant. I'm now going to get a job in the degree field that I, I'm. I'm a biological engineer, mm-hmm. so I have a job in that field now. I'm going to done with this, having fun in this field. I'm going to go on and become a big guy now. But the video is hilarious. It's fun. It just is a lighthearted video, and it gave me uh, good vibes and good energy just to see a guy just having a good time at work. Mm-hmm. Which everybody can't say that they do. Some people's yeah. job is boring as hell. Mm-hmm. And you can't just get up and do a Beyonce dance at nope. your job. So I'm going to post this up. I want everybody to check it out. It's funny. It's lighthearted. And it uh, made me smile. So um, that was my story about a Virgin Airlines flight attendant, Mikey Tongo Burry. I think he's like Filipino or something. Cute guy. The video, I mean, the picture he has of Richard Branson is Richard Branson standing next to him. And he has his, uh, Mikey has his leg in his hand. And his leg is up by his head. Whoa. So he is ju- just just living his best life, and I'm all for it. So, yeah, that was my good vibe story. That's cool. <clears throat> my good vibe story this week is about a bus driver and him helping a, a, a blind um, passenger. Uh-huh. As far I mean, as blind a uh, pedestrian. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this is the article. I got my article from Good News Network. I love that, that yeah, website. It's a good website yeah. for this thing that we do. Yes, sir. <laughs> Um, so it says most bus drivers are tight, are tight on schedule, but that didn't stop the compassionate transit worker from taking the time to help an old, an older blind man maneuver the street that was under construction. Oh, 69-year-old Gene Herbert is a bl- is blind from diabetes, but he has still go- he is still going to work unassisted for the last 20 years. What does he do? Yeah, blind. I don't know. Hmm. And then he walks to work like. Wow. Uh, yeah. I think Gene might be the daredevil. 
Why? It just doesn't add up. He walks to work every day, he's blind, and he has a job doing what? Didn't say? Beat me. I don't know. No, didn't say. I'm sure he didn't want to say. Because he's a superhero. <laughs> Continue with your story, please. He, kn- <laughs> he knows exactly how to get to get his place of work in, Mel- in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, from the bus stop. I bet. But when the intersection recently went under construction, he found himself in a tricky spot. Mm. Quote, if I don't if I don't have a regular location point to start from, I I may as well be in the middle of an ocean. Damn. Yeah. So if it's if it's not he has it so mapped out. Yep. That one change throws the whole throws thing the off. whole shit off. That reminds me of another good vibe story. You remember that video of that black kid who learned he taught himself how to use echolocation? Yeah. The I black can't remember kid. his name. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. his name, but he was like click and then he'd be like there's some some trash cans over there that's insane that was that's a superhero (laughs) i don't remember his name oh that kid herbert ain't got shit on him yeah that kid is amazing (laughs) and in the details he's like uh yeah i think that's um a tree he just knew that's crazy how it bounced off it's wild that's insane anyway shout out to herbert though he's nice too he's a good guy yeah thankfully 28 year old thaddeus turner could sense his distress when the Milwaukee County Transit System bus driver noticed the plethora of orange cones at Herbert's stop, he parked the vehicle, followed the man down the step, took his arm, and helped him to maneuver past the road work. His job was made even easier by an oncoming car that stopped traffic to allow them to pass. Little did he know that the driver, Sidney... Shit. Kazamarzik? Sydney. Yeah, Sydney was simultaneously taking a picture of a photo of Turner's good deed so that he could send it to the news outlets and praise him for his kindness. Virality. He said, quote, I felt like I was a, I was placed there at that right time to capture the moment. I am so happy. I quick, I quickly pulled out my phone to snap the picture. That deserves to be recognized. For sure. Turner, however, doesn't think much of the, ac- the incident beyond offering credit to his fellow bus drivers for the same kindness that they show their passengers every day. He said, quote, the route was barricaded and it was rough for me as a driver. I only can imagine how rough it was for him. I was surprised when I saw it in the news. I didn't think I would be there. I would be here right now over something. Over something that is second nature to me and my colleagues. Now, what I like about that is that this dude didn't do this. I'm not saying that a lot of people do stuff like this for attention. Right, right, right. But he's like. What you're supposed just, to do. Yeah, it's just. It was nature I, to me, and I did it, and that's it. I I appreciate what he did. I think that was great, mm-hmm. and and I I feel bad that we should go. Yeah, man, applaud that guy and let that go viral, because I don't feel like that's how the world works. Right, and that's sad to me. Even though it's just good vibes, it's like yeah, really. At the end of the day, that shouldn't be that crazy that that guy that's, did that's that. What I'm, that's it what I mean. It should be like yeah, you help a person across the street if they're old and blind. Right. I don't know if blind people. I don't think blind people are what we see on TV, so I don't even know if I'd know if a person was blind. Mm-hmm. But if I saw a person kind of looking confused, especially an older person, mm-hmm. and didn't know they kind of looking around, I definitely would get out of the car and help them. I don't think that that's so wild. But if it is that wild that people are blown away by it, then that says something about our society, and we should continue to praise people like this so that people understand, like, yeah, you should get out of your car and help you. We're all, look, I don't mean to keep jumping on the soapbox. But, folks, we're all in this together, right? We're mm-hmm. all in this together. As Americans, as people on the planet, as whatever, we're all in this together. If we're not helping, we can't. all this opposition that's going on in the country is not helpful. 
I I do participate in it somewhat because I just I hate people. So people just I hate people. Mm-hmm. They piss me off. Oh, me too. But but we're all people, you know. And I re- and I um I was listening to Joe Rogan Experience, one of my favorite podcasts, and he brought up a good point. And the point that he made was he said that his life started to get so much easier and he's trying to make more of an effort to not being married to your ideas. Mm-hmm. Right? So have your ideas. It's fine to have ideas and stances and all that kind of stuff. But when you get more focused on being on the team of those ideas than on being on what you believe in and allowing your ideas to just be something you believe, but your beliefs being able to be changed, mm-hmm. that's where the opposition comes from. Let's see. Let's say some. I told you mm-hmm. that uh, name a cereal. Frosted Flakes. Let's say I told you like Frosted Flakes are gross mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And when I talk about that online with all my friends. I'm in the Frosted Flakes Haters Club. Like, mm-hmm. it's just disgusting. We don't like it. And you go, well, I mean, that's your opinion, but I like Frosted Flakes. And, you know, I know a lot of people that like Frosted Flakes. They're good. Man, fuck you. You like Frosted Flakes? That's disgusting. You have terrible taste in food. You you don't know anything. You're dumb. And it's just, it's this. it comes from this position of you aren't arguing your point. You're arguing for your team. And, and. That's not how conversations should go. Well, Conver- you see that on social media all the time. That's what I mean, and that's and it's bad. I, I, conversation. The point of conversation should not be to win, mm-hmm. you know. And I understand in this in this time that we live in, it's like you're a Democrat, you want Democrats to win. You're a Republican, you want Republicans to win. I am a person. I'm an independent. I would vote for a Democrat or a Republican if they have views that align with my views. Mm-hmm. If 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 a Republican candidate or Democratic candidate is saying something that you might agree with, mm-hmm. you shouldn't just go, yeah, I agree with him, but fuck him though. Cause he's the opposite thing of what I, mm-hmm. I, of what I am. And that's what's going on in society. It's just this thing of, you know, everybody's against each other and we're all on the same team and like, we're not going to progress as a, as humanity. If we're caught up on these labels and, and, and all these little things. And I know I'm saying that from a position as a black person and I should understand that the label that I receive in society does exist and is sometimes detrimental and can affect me in a negative way. Mm -hmm. But I think the day will come one day where maybe we can get over those kind of things and we'll be better off as a society. I agree with you, but now that you brought that up, I seen something like that today. I don't want to get too deep into this. And it was these, it was these two kids. They probably was teenagers. Because uh-huh. only reason why I know that because I I went to their profile because I wanted to see who the fuck they was. Uh-huh. But it was like a kid was like, you know, um, I like Fortnite. You know that popular game yeah. Fortnite. And another kid coming in was like, I don't like it. I like PUBG, which is another game. He was like, Well, fuck you, man. Nobody asked you. I come punch you in your damn face. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. I was like, What? That the really hell? escalated. Yeah. <laughs> because he's he's team, like, he's team he's team Fortnite, so he doesn't want to hear like, well, I like I like this game because you can do this, that, and the third. It's like, oh, you're saying you don't like the game that I like? Well, fuck you then. It just it, it's such an escalation, man. People, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to go. I'm going to say something to you so hurtful, or say something to you that's such a a crazy wild point that you succeed the argument and you don't even want to argue anymore. Now I win. Yeah. He was like, where you at? I'm coming the dude was like, Hey man, I was just I'm saying, just saying I, like, I like, I like PUBG a little bit better. <laughs> I was like, well, wow. fuck you and your mom too. It's like, Whoa, wow. <laughs> wow. This went somewhere else. It's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. It's wild. So my message to everybody out there listening is just don't be so married to your ideas. I'm all for people having convictions and things that they believe in. But if somebody comes to you, and 
converses with you and brings up good points that makes you question your argument, don't double down out of aggression. Don't mm-hmm. go. Sometimes people go, oh, this person's poking holes in this thing. I like now I'm going to get mean yeah. because, you know, instead of taking it into consideration, you know what? Maybe I don't like to do CrossFit. Yeah. Maybe it is bad for my body, you know, whatever. Or maybe, you know, maybe uh, being a vegan it's dumb. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, these are right. not. These are all things mm-hmm. that I don't know why I pick two healthy things. Yeah. I've been on a bad diet lately. I've been, <laughs> I've been not living right, so I'm kind of anti-health right now. Uh-huh. But I picked two examples of things. But I'm just saying, sometimes if somebody presents an argument or presents even just saying like, oh, that's cool, but I heard such and such is kind of bad for you. If you go, fuck you, what do you know, man? Those studies aren't, you know, accurate for me to stop doing like, It just mm-hmm. comes with such aggression. Just don't be so married to your ideas, man. I mean, Converse every, with people and, and be open to having your mind changed. But everybody, let let people have their own opinions. Like, you don't have to be right all the time. If you don't agree, fuck you! <laughs> no, you know, that goes against everything I just said. Anyway, folks, I want to take a break before we get into this fucked up shit. But before I, before I take a break, I want to make something clear. Pete Wentz watch never died, Okay. Pete, Watt, Pete, Watt, Pete Wentz watch is in full effect. If we're out there, I want you guys beating down that Pete, that Pete Wentz door hard. Let him know that we're out here. We're just looking for a review, positive or negative, man. We're out here, man. You know, we just, we just, we, we that guy, we need him to lay ears on this podcast and give us either his blessing or, or take his guillotine of rock and say, nah, man, that ain't it. Because one of two things will happen. Either we will get that affirmation that we so much, you know, require from him, or he'll let us know we're not there yet, and it'll make us grind even harder, and and reach our full potential even faster. You know, you know, I want y'all to consider Pete Wentz to be that HGH that we need to really reach our full potential and get swole out here. You know, so Pete Wentz watch never died, um, and with that sentiment in mind, I want to take us out. On that dance dance, a classic from the early 2000s, that alt-rock scene, you know. Shout out to all my kids with the half bangs and the purple uh, leopard spot patches on their hair on the side with the I Love Boobies bracelets on. Shout out to y'all. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. Stay tuned. It's a cat, it much worse Worse no one should ever feel like I'm two quarters in a hard down And I don't wanna forget how your voice sounds These words are all I have, so I'll write them So you need them just to get by Alright folks, and we are back. Just before I start my story, I want to let y'all know it's National Chicken Wing Day. So get out there and get your fix right now. Extra crispy. Really? Is it? Yeah, it is. Wing stop, whatever is your chicken wing place of choice. Popeyes? Yeah. Hell yeah. I you know how I feel about the mm. lady, but Popeyes is <laughs> it's divine. It really is delicious. I can't stand that lady. Since when can you just all of a sudden have a mascot for a food chain? It just doesn't happen. All of a sudden, this lady's like, y'all better get some of my chicken. It's not your chicken, Lorraine, or whatever your name is. You weren't there 10 years ago. The colonel's always been there. Ronald McDonald has always been there. You just got here. It's not your herbs and spice. It's not your recipe. You're a liar. (laughs) And then they changed her and just got another black lady with also a short hair. You know what? Really? I didn't know that. 
Fran, are you ready for my affirmative murder this yeah, week? Yeah, man. Whew. Pumped up. Yeah, I don't. That lady. <laughs> I know. This, that's been going on for a long time now. I really have a vendetta <laughs> with that lady. Anyway, um, my affirmative murder this week, Fran, is the story of Big Lurch. Big Lurch. Okay. No. Nothing. Baltimore? Is no. Baltimore? Okay. Mm-mm. That sounds like a Texas Baltimore. area. Okay. Black guy? Black guy. Black guy. Is yes. he big? Yeah. Okay. Like Suge Knight looking? No. Okay. All right. Do you know the story? No, I don't. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> Am I close? A little bit. <laughs> uh, the name, man. Just you just oh yeah. you just you just took it and did calculations yeah. based on the name. All right, I respect that. That was you just very good inferring there. That was good because you were, I was like, um. <laughs> you looked at me like I was off. I was like, no, I was looking at you like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he is kind of big. Anyway, <clears throat> my story. Altron Singleton was born September 15th, 1976 in Fort Worth, Texas. However, he grew up in East Dallas. From the time he was a child, Singleton showed signs of, of creative ability. They don't say what he was doing, but I bet he just, you know, knew a rap song or something. like He could rap all, this, all the words to T-Pain's, uh, um, what's that song? <laughs> I'm in love with a stripper. <laughs> he knew all the words, so I knew he was going to be something special. I was like, no, your kid just listens to the radio a lot. Or you do. And maybe don't listen to I'm a stripper in front of your kid. He could snap a, I don't know, he was talented. He was able to snap a chicken's neck with his eyes closed or something uh, crazy like that. That is a level of talent <laughs> that I would not be like, yeah, great. follow, Pursue that. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'd be like, stop doing that. Why are I you always doing knew that? he was going to be a wrestler. <laughs> it's the way he'd really yoke up the dog and, you know, get the dog. He broke the dog's leg one time, but I knew, you know, that just meant he had a lot of physical ability. I'm like, no. Your kid's a psychopath. <laughs> who, who wrestles a dog? Anyway, uh, by age seven, he started to write poetry, which we know we okay. all we all know where that's going. He started to write poetry and became inspired to become a rap artist. By fifteen, he started to perform his music to the public anytime the opportunity presented itself. Which I don't really like. I don't like people to you know. It's the same thing as um, if you can sing mm-hmm. and you go do karaoke. I don't like those people. I don't want to be friends with you. You're not allowed to be a part of my karaoke group when we go to Bees. You know, that's the that's the weekend Applebee's Club. Yeah. They do karaoke mm-hmm. there. Um, you're not allowed to be a part of my karaoke group. Because who wants to watch a person sing good at karaoke? Oh, no. It's supposed to be drunk and, and yeah, can't Yeah, it's supposed sing. to be drunk and you can't funny. sing. And that's where the funny comes from. Nobody yeah. wants to hear somebody go, go up and pick Whitney Houston or, uh, you know, and, and sing... Uh, um, what's the song? We'll uh, always love you. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> no, who wants to hear that saying good at karaoke? Like you shit, know? shit. Yeah. No, did you hear? Yeah, it's the it's the same thing of like whenever you know you're listening to I'm listening to Ludacris in the car and then it's a a break in the beat and you're like hold up man let me get a fr- quick freestyle in real quick it's like oh uh, man okay we get it you rap can we listen to Ludacris rap though <laughs> God hey man you got any instrumentals no. Look up on YouTube. Yeah, look up. Can you uh, look up that Amelie freestyle, uh, that Amelie beat? I I really, I could kill that. I got one for that. No, I won't. (laughs) I won't be doing that, Antron. Hey, look up that uh, that clips beat. (laughs) (laughs) You you got grinding? (laughs) You got the grinding beat on your phone? No, I don't. Uh, If you do something, do it at home. Or look for uh, I, I'm not I don't mean to get off track. Uh, you know I'm not even gonna talk about it because we got people, I wanna hear people it. might okay. Tell me. <laughs> so we have we know people who also podcast and their tactic of podcasting is to reach out to people that they know to be their audience. I think that there's a flaw in that tactic because 
people supporting you because they like you and people supporting you because they like what you do is two completely different things. And one of those things will fade. Somebody who's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll download your podcast because you're my friend. They're not going to listen every week if they don't like what you do. Or, I'm, I'm a, or yeah, oh, you're going to give me your rap song, CD? Yeah, give me a couple. I'll give them to people. They're not going to have that same passion when they're talking. They're not going to bring you up in the top 10 rappers in the rap game. Right. They're going, yo, you know who can really rap? My friend Mike. They're not going to bring you up because you're just their friend who raps. You want to bring it up to a person who doesn't know you and only likes you for your merit mm-hmm. of what you do. That's my take on it. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't want... Don't rap whenever you get the opportunity to rap. Rap when the opportunity feels right. You know, rap at a radio station. Mm-hmm. Rap in front of a producer. But don't rap, oh, man, we at the family reunion. Y'all got a DJ here? Hey, DJ, let me get the mic real quick. No. no. Will you just <laughs> let Sly and the Family Stone play and go get a plate and sit down somewhere? Anyway. He started performing under the name G-Spade. Okay. But would later change it to Big Lurch. Okay. His new stage name was inspired by the 1960s television comedy, The Addams Family. The show depicted a ghoulish family where the character of Lurch was the family's butler. Uh, Just as with Lurch, Singleton was a formidable size, measuring in six feet, six inches tall. Whoa. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know. Do you know The Addams Family? Yeah, they got a little hand. Yeah. And then whenever (laughs) you, you know, they call Lurch, he'd be like, you rang, and he's just this big giant, uh, like a zombie, basically. You know, I haven't seen that in years. So. Well, I yeah. just remember the random hand. Yeah, that was their uncle, Uncle It or Thing <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy show. <laughs> they should bring that back. Uh, Singleton moved to the Bay Area, yay area, yee. With uh, what he used to hang with um. Ooh, yeah, yeah go ahead. Make your make your guess. <laughs> I can't get it. I can't get it. Forty boy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Don't disrespect Forty boy like that. Top five dead or alive. I know it's that live. I just couldn't think of his name. Top five dead or alive, man. (laughs) Tell me when to go. It should be the the new national anthem. (laughs) Anyway, so he moved out to the yay area. And uh, he felt felt, uh, greater promise would would come his way making it in the music business if he moved to California. Of course, like everybody else. Yeah. But never mind. I just don't like. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of. This is a very tangent uh, filled episode today. So if it's getting on your nerves. Cut it off now. I like it. I, um, Hollywood is just any of those places in general where people are like, we'll all go here. New York. The percentage of people that make it is so low mm-hmm. that for you, to, it just takes this audacity. Like me, I was doing stand-up comedy a couple years ago, and I was like, this is fun. I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. But when it came time like, um, to go, is this something I want to do? There's no comedy scene in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm that funny where I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to quit my job, and I'm going to move to New York City. That's bold. That's crazy bold. <laughs> but thousands of people do it every day. And yeah. then you end up working at a coffee shop, resentful, because, you know, you're saying, like, such and such, a, you know, uh, you're telling me Timothy Chalamet is in a movie? I'm a way better actor than that person. That's crazy. Like, you're hating on people because you think you're better than them. Mm-hmm. It creates this animosity. I just, I don't like hubs like that. You know, like, oh, Hollywood, that's where all the stars go. I'm a star. I'll move out there. Mm. And then, you know, you're on Skid Row, homeless, with a dream in your pocket still from 20 years ago. And you still know that monologue from The Godfather that nobody wants to hear. Nobody (laughs) wants to hear you do your monologue and nobody's going to give you a job. Just stop. Everybody just give up your dream. It's not going to happen. I wouldn't say that. Nah, I'm just fucking. (laughs) But just, I think people should be real. I think people should be realistic and um, they need people around them that are going to. Everybody needs a Simon Cowell in their life. You need to be creative. 
Yeah, but everybody needs that Simon Cowell in their life to go, yo, you should stop doing this because you're wasting your time. And money. And your money, too. Like, if Les wasn't talented, I would have told him mad long ago he wasn't talented. Mm-hmm. You know? But he keeps, reap, you know, reaping the fruits of his labor, and it keeps growing, and he mm-hmm. keeps doing better, and Patrick in this way is doing better. But if ever a time early on we were fucking around and he tried to hit a note or something like that and it was bad, I wouldn't go, hey, man, you know what you should do? Drop everything and move down to Florida and try to become a musician because mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're talented. If he wasn't, I wouldn't lie to somebody. People... People, you gotta, gotta have, stop having yes men in your corner. Get some no men. Mm-hmm. I'm a no man. You want me in your corner. Yo, that outfit, take all that shit off and throw it away. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you come out of the house looking crazy, you know? <laughs> that art piece, if Sierra, you know, is doing something, you know, because Sierra's an artist, if she's doing something and it's just not looking cool, I'll let her know, like, yeah, you should pro- maybe do this, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm not an artist. I couldn't, I couldn't draw a mm-hmm. conclusion, you know? So, I'm not an artist, but if um, if it looks like, you know, you know, but that's just not really grabbing my attention. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should do it like this. I'm an idea, man. You know yeah, man. I no, man. Look, people, I don't people, I don't think people know how honest of a guy that you are. I remember back in the day, I used to be like, hey, yo, we used to go out to the movies and mall. Like, mm-hmm. How you like this fit? Nah, I don't like that shirt. I am not going to let you okay, come cool. out. I'm not going to let you go out and look crazy. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you go out like that. <laughs> You know, how um, how could I walk around with you while we do our 15 laps at the mall? And me and Fran were big mall rats, by the way. Man, this is a tangent. I'm going to get off. <laughs> I, I forgot what we was doing the story. <laughs> I was like, man. Uh, yeah, so malls. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he moved out to California. Uh, he joined a rap group. And he ended up working with people such as uh, Looney Cologne. I don't know who that is, mm-hmm. but he worked with Mac Dre, who okay. is one of the Bay legends. Mm-hmm. You know, yay area. I think he created Yada I mean. That's what they say out there. Yada I mean. I think he might have created that. If not, he was a big, you know, proponent of that. He worked with E40, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like legends, you know. So he, he got out the Bay Area and he actually um, worked on a song, or he was part of this rap group called Cosmic Slop Shop. And Cosmic Slop Shop featured him on a song called Sinful, which apparently was a minor hit. But have you heard this song? No. No. Okay. We're gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put a snippet in right here. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> y'all are hearing it right now. I, I'm. I bet it's trash. But if it's not, when I listen back, I'll know. But right now it's playing right now while we're talking. Okay. Anyway, so now it's fading out. So uh, um, so that came out. Apparently, it was a minor hit. But it might have been a regional hit. Like, sometimes... Right. Like, DMX wasn't ringing off in California in 1998. But that... Bang, 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 bang. The whole East Coast, that was shutting shit down over here. Yeah. But it, sometimes the music doesn't make it to the other side for a couple months, you know? So this Perfect might not example. have made it here at all. Perfect example of Shwayze. Yeah, man. <laughs> Some sorry. of y'all don't know I'm, who that is. I'm going to keep bringing up random yeah, shit, but... <laughs> Hey, I told it's a tangent episode. It might I'm actually that's gonna be the name of this episode. Tangent episode. Yeah, Swayze, man. If some of y'all don't have no idea who Swayze is, oh and some God. of y'all are like, Yeah, what happened to Swayze? Somebody's in their car right now, like, Yeah, I, I remember Swayze. Just the guy just didn't want it, man. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the I don't know. I think where he was at was fine. I think he was cool just touring <laughs> California. He was making good money, Fuck he wasn't it. a greedy guy. <laughs> Hey, if you find a niche, man, you know, milk it. Don't get you greedy. Know, like, all my songs are about sunshine and California, so I'll just do all my songs in California. We saw him in a bowling alley in Pittsburgh. No love. He tried. He tried, though. 
He, I don't think he tried. I think that was a stop, stop. before a bigger show. Hey. And somebody was like, hey, man, you know, I got some bottles and some girls. If you come here, I'll get mad street cred in my little town. And he's like, you said you'll give me some money as girls and alcohol? Yeah, we'll come through and do like six songs. And they did. Yeah. And it was it was mean for about uh, 30 minutes. I had a good time. I had a good I time. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> man, all right. <laughs> I'm either keeping all of this in or none of this in. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. I'm going to have to listen back. Okay, so... <laughs> so, yeah, so um, that group, uh, the Cosmic Slop Shop, after that, the the minor success of that single, they realized, like, they don't really get along, so the group disbanded, oh, and that, wow. left, uh, that left Big Lurch kind of, you know, out with, with no home to call his So home. did they, like, break up, or they just got rid of him? I, they say broke up. But I would bet they broke up, and then like two, it was three of them, and then two of them were like, "We're gonna be this now." Uh, you know what I mean? Where oh, it's like okay. we yeah. all broke up, but we still work together. We just don't work with Big Lurch. Okay, you know, <laughs> which is basically kicking Big Lurch out with yeah. being polite. Even though Singleton hit a tough stride, he kept trying, but he was getting discouraged. Establishing himself as an artist was more difficult than he had thought. His dreams of becoming a success became more elusive with each year that passed. Mm. Yeah, you don't want to be a 45-year-old like, rapper. It's like, uh, it's like he reaches yeah, and he was so almost close. there. To, you know, man, can you imagine <laughs> hearing your song on local radio, like your station of where you live at, and then, but then you can't go beyond that? Mm. You get that taste? Man. So that's where he was. And then also, mm. he's you know, every year you're getting older. Nobody yeah. wants to hear the, there's no such thing as the new freshman rapper that's 30 years old. No. It just isn't a thing. You know, like, you can be, you can be 30. Maybe, and maybe. You can, Nah, man. Action Bronson? How old is Action Bronson? Action Bronson is an exception because he kind of, he created his own kind of lane. Okay. And he wasn't 30 when he got on, mm -hmm. and it's just so specific. You know, food and all this. It's just, it, he defies all the rules. But I, it's not a many examples of that, mm -hmm. of being, oh, I'm 30 and I just got on. You know? Because you can be 30 in rap, you can be 40 in rap, but nobody wants to hear a 40-year-old new rapper. Yeah, that's true. You know, y'all yo, heard that new rapper, like, old Mike? Mm -hmm. But it's spelled like M-I-C? You know, it's like, no, and I won't be hearing that person. <laughs> he got, like, his mic dropped from the ceiling. Yeah, his album cover. <laughs> Him looking up at his mic is hanging down from the string. Like, nobody uses those mics anymore, man. Nobody uses those anymore. <laughs> that's why you're not, you need to get some auto to, you know, you don't, you're not doing it right. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, he kept trying. He wasn't finding success. And um, in 2000, Singleton was driving home from his 24th birthday celebration when a drunk driver crashed into him. Mm. His injuries included a broken neck. Damn. During his stay in the hospital, he was heavily medicated for pain. The pain that he experienced would stay with him long after being discharged from the hospital. It also would play a role in a gruesome murder. Mm. Thomas Moore and 21-year-old girlfriend Tynesha Size lived in Southeast Los Angeles. Their apartment, which was also a gang-affiliated dope house Whoa. on 108th and Figueroa, or Fig Side, as uh, Schoolboy Q would say. Yep. Uh, and anybody that's in California, if that if that is a gang thing that I just said, just don't just ignore it. Don't tell anybody I said it. Don't play this for anybody. Fig Side. Don't do it that way. That's when you do it that way. It really sounds oh. like gang stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Alvin told me say. Okay. So, so yeah, so um, they lived in they these two people lived in a dope house in in Southeast Los Angeles, and uh, it was located next to the harbor the Harbor Freeway, two liquor stores, and a cheap hotel. And that collection of things is like 
textbook hood. Yeah. You know, like, like that whole old, I think it's a Chris Rock joke, like liquor store, liquor store, gun store, liquor store. Uh, if you see two liquor stores on the same street and a, like a days, not even a days in, like a, just some, a independent motel uh, with its own name, you probably don't live in the best neighborhood. Mm. Like it's called like Sleepy Time Inn. And <laughs> it says like, we have cable. That's I was about big, to say yeah, that. that. That's their big promotion. We to got get all you to come HBO in. channels. We have we have Cinemax. <laughs> if that's your neighborhood setup, you need to figure out a way to get out of there if you can. I'm sorry, I still see that. But how is that like? How is that a, a, a marketing ad? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, some people are mad poor in this country. Some uh, people are poor as fuck. You know what I mean? Like I know that we live this lavish life. You being a mailman, me, I've been at Build a Bear for about six months now, so shit's going well. <laughs> so we might not understand the struggle that's going on in this country. But some people mad poor. You know, some people don't know Game of Thrones. Some people never haven't looked at a TV in six years. You know, mm. so it's it's definitely somebody that says thirty dollars a night, and they have HBO. I can finally watch this. Yeah, I can finally watch the season finale of The Sopranos. It's been so long since they watched TV. They don't even know that TV, that show is not on anymore. You know. Wow. Shout out to y'all though. I know y'all not listening because y'all don't have Apple Music, but you know. I was about to say. Yeah, shout out to y'all in spirit. Feel my spirit, my waves that come to you. Man, it's gonna be a lot of editing in this episode. I think for that reason, I'm just gonna keep it in. Cause fuck hey. it, you know, the tangent episode. <laughs> this is real. This is a special. You know what? This is a special episode. Yeah. We're gonna make this is we're gonna really. It's called the tangent episode, and every now and then we just go tangent. Fuck it, you know. I I think the stuff that we say people can relate to. I I mean, eventually we we we're rambling <laughs> a lot. Eventually, you get to something that somebody can relate to. You got to just statistically something. Somebody's <laughs> got to say, yeah, that I know that. Okay, so um, so on April nineteenth, two thousand two, Moore and Singleton got together to smoke PCP. Mm. Uh, Urban Dictionary defi- defines PCP as <clears throat> PCP. Also known as angel dust, sherm, butt naked, dummy dust, gorilla biscuits, or dipper, is probably the scariest of all drugs. It was used as a horse tranquilizer. Makes the user hallucinate, become extremely violent, and not feel anything. Which was the side effect that Big Lurch was looking for because of his neck. Um, What? He was using, instead of using... No, the the names. Butt naked? Butt naked. Gorilla butts? Gorilla biscuits? Oh, (laughs) Gorilla biscuits or dipper or dip. Wow. Okay. Dip, make you flip. You know, all those things. Um. So he was using it for the numbing. I don't even want to say component as if it's like Advil. It's a <laughs> it's a fucking it's a horse tranquilizer, but it does make you feel numb. Is that is that why them drug addicts be like taking bullets when they get shot by the police? Probably. Still be go look up. Speed? Go look up videos of people on PCP. It is terrifying. Wow. That and Flocka is like. You are not a human being for, like, uh, a few hours. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so people have been known to do horrible things to themselves while under the influence of PCP. Do not use PCP. It will ruin your life. That's as per Urban Dictionary, their <laughs> definition. That's in the definition. Disclaimer. Yes, disclaimer. Do not <laughs> use PCP. Do not. It will ruin your life. Said, do not twice. <laughs> do not use it. It will ruin your life. Um, Singleton used PCP because it relieved him from his lingering pain. But you know, so does like you know something a doctor would give you, like you know oxy or mm. something like that. You don't have to use horse tranquilizer to sprinkle it on your blunts. Like something like this, 
that helps but not as strong as yeah or as or does more than just <laughs> one of the side effects is you feel no pain right the other thing is you become a maniac so <laughs> maybe find something that gives you one but not the other you know but hey man well, I hope. Or maybe it, he just was dumb in a. Uh, I, I hope it was like him taking it as like I have serious neck pain. Or it was like well, I have that ne- is, I have neck pain and my friends are doing it. So, I mean, it, probably was, only, it probably was more both <laughs> than just one or the other. It's probably like I mean, PCP's lit out here or whatever lit was in the year two thousand. And my neck hurts. PCP is dope. <laughs> I don't know what did it say in two thousand. I don't know. It's hard. PCP is the bomb. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. PCP. Is the bomb, but also my neck hurts. So let's Why get not? some of this bomb PCP and raise the roof. <laughs> I felt good. That felt like a 2000 sentence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so he was out here using PCP crazy, you know. Um, Singleton knew more from the music business and was visiting the area to record an album. Size, who was his girlfriend, uh, was not at the apartment at the time as she and her two children were visiting a friend. On April 20th, in the afternoon, Singleton experienced a powerful pain. Mm. The pain-killing comfort from the night before was rapidly fading. Looking around his shabby apartment, he realized he, w- he was out of drugs. A horrific feeling rushed over him. It was a feeling that surfaced from the darkest parts of him, a darkness that could not could no longer be contained. This darkness was now screaming at him, and he could not silence it. So I that sounds like withdrawal to me, mm-hmm. but also his it probably was like, man, I'm starting to feel my neck hurt. Let me get some of that PCP. I'm out of PCP. Ah, you know, he <laughs> just like went super mode, you know, <laughs> once he realized that he didn't have any more PCP. So Singleton drove back to Moore's apartment to get more PCP from him. Size was alone in the apartment. Her two children were in school and Moore was out. When she heard a knock at the door, she slowly opened it just enough to see who it was. There was Singleton with a crazed look in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Before she knew it, Singleton plowed his way into the apartment, knocking her down. When she started screaming, Singleton beat her until she was quiet. Mm. The sounds of her screaming only intensified the fear he felt. He searched the apartment for the PCP but could not find any. The feeling of... The, yeah, so now he's really... Where's the prison? Yeah, man, Like, picking up Pictures the big TV with the back on it, you know, because it's early 2000s, but he's so strong from the anger of not having PCP that he's probably doing some pretty incredible things. Mm. Um, the feeling of depression, fear, and anger overwhelmed him. He grabbed a large kitchen knife from the kitchen and plunged it into sides, oh. causing her to scream before she grew quiet. He stabbed her repeatedly in the chest. Wait, to, he stabbed who? I'm sorry. Size is... Um, I thought that was his girlfriend. Yeah, Size is his girlfriend. Size, just to be clear, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back just to get the names out there for everybody. Um, so, Moore is Thomas Moore. And yeah, and Size is Tanisha Size, his 21-year-old girlfriend. So, Thomas Moore was the guy he was smoking and buying PCP from mm-hmm. and who lived in the dope house. And, and, and Tanisha... Let's say Tanisha. That's the way it comes off. My, that was, I know people named Tanisha. And Tanisha Size was his girlfriend, Thomas Moore's girlfriend. So she kind of knew Big Lurch through Thomas Moore. Okay. But now Thomas Moore's gone. He's got PCP withdrawals. He's here. He's looking for the PCP. Can't find it. And so he freaks out, crashes the place up, and then he grabs a knife and he stabs Tanisha. Would you rather me say Tanisha or Size? I'm, can I say Size? You good? Yo, say size, yeah. Okay, okay. So Tanisha, Tanisha, size. Okay, so 
Yeah, so he stabbed her repeatedly in the chest. At some point while stabbing her, he realized it was not enough to satisfy his urge to destroy. Mm. Using the knife, he sliced open her chest cavity, grabbed her right lung, and began to feast on it. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. He, he... So he just went full on cannibalism. He ripped her open. Well, yes, that, and also the fact that he... Pro- the the deepness of that cut and then he probably also had to like they have a thing I forgot what it's called I watch a lot of Discovery Health where they they put a metal thing and it'll separate your ribs to open you up that's what they use for to do procedures is it like a your... claw like scissors yeah and like then you it? twist it and it, oh, it, oh, I don't it know opens you up he just did that with his hands but like, got into her body and grabbed her lung and ate it but he went for PCP but he went for PCP I would imagine with this, he had to find some PCP in that house. You know? That's crazy. Because, and I'll get to that later on, because there is a, like, um, there is some, like, uh, controversy in the story. And I'll get to that, and then I'll explain more about the PCP. Yeah, but his bare hands? I'm sorry. That's insane. But according to this story that I researched, he was looking for PCP, couldn't find PCP. And um, he freaked out and killed her. It's the official story. Wow. But I have the unofficial story. Okay. Um, when he finished his morbid feast, he stripped off his clothes, covered in blood, and ran out of the apartment. Sai's friend and neighbor, and neighbor, Alyssa Allen, saw Singleton running down the street and called the police. So he was running down the street, butt naked, covered in blood. They say he was pulling his hair out. And the police rolled up on him. Like that. The police arrived and arrested Singleton, who growled at them like an animal. That sounds like he was on PCP. Exactly. Keep that in mind. <laughs> get to the second part. Alan rushed to Sai's apartment to make sure she was all right. It was then she was confronted with the horrific sight that would haunt her for the rest of her life. When the coroner examined her body, he found that she had multiple stab wounds, her neck and jaw were broken, and she had a fractured eye socket. Her chest had been ripped open, and she was missing her right lung. A three-inch knife blade had broken off near her left shoulder. When Singleton was examined, blood and pieces of human flesh were found inside his stomach. The blood and and flesh was a match for his victim. Singleton's trial was arraigned on June 13th in Compton Superior Court. Upon hearing the evidence, Superior Court Judge Jack W. Morgan ruled that Singleton was sane at the time of the murder and would stand trial. His defense attorney was Milton Grimes, the owner of Singleton's record label, Black Market Records. So um, <laughs> I'm sure he was... Black Market. I don't know if he was... I don't know if I'd hire a, a rap lawyer to be my lawyer for a murder case, mm-hmm. but I guess if you have a law degree, you have a law degree? Probably wouldn't be the guy I pick. He needed Cochran, but... This was a way small profile case. Mm-hmm. Um, during his trial, his defense attorney argued that he had been under the influence of PCP at the time of the killing, which was interesting because um, in California, at least at this time, it might be even still be the same way. You can't fi- you can't um, claim reason of insanity if you're under self-taken drugs. Okay. So if you're under prescribed drugs, you can you can do that. But if you smoked crack and killed somebody, you can't say. I was insane at the time. It was your choice. Yeah, it was. You can't claim by reason of insanity Mm -hmm. because you ingested those drugs. I know that. Yeah, I I didn't know that until I read the story. 
Um, a psychiatrist testified that Singleton suffered mental impairment due to his drug habit. In less than one hour, the jury reached a guilty verdict. In November 2003, he was convicted of first-degree murder, torture, and aggravated mayhem, and sentenced to life in prison. <clears throat> and this is this is this is um, the the unofficial story. Okay. There is some controversy around Lurch's conviction, however. Multiple fingerprints, footprints, and DNA were found at the scene. However, the evidence came up missing by trial. Also, the home the murder took place in was ver- was a verified dope house. There were no guns or drugs at the scene. However, Tanisha had PCP in her system, which mean and which means because what it was like the unofficial story is they were smoking PCP together in the house, and then he freaked out and killed her. Mm-hmm. Now her mom. Her mom, whose name is um, Carolyn, says Tanisha was ready to leave uh, um, Thomas Moore. She, she like had her bags packed up? and yeah, she had okay. her bags packed and everything. And he would beat her, mm-hmm. and he was gang affiliated, okay. not affiliated. He was in a gang. Her mom and other people believe that you know if you look up um, Rhythm and Crime, mm-hmm. which is like a a documentary about this guy, they posit the idea that. Thomas Moore and his friends were there, smoked him up, got him out of his mind, mm-hmm. and then they killed Tanisha and then just like fed him some of her, her flesh and then let him just run around and be crazy and then left him at the scene because it doesn't make sense for a place to be a verified dope house. They had guns and everything in there and drugs and they were selling guns and drugs out of the house. And then the police arrived after the murder and they, the house was clean. And Thomas, and then the official story is Thomas Moore wasn't there, but there's other DNA there and other fingerprints that disappeared. They were lost, quote unquote, mm-hmm. were lost. And um, so now you got you got Thomas, you got Thomas Moore gone. That uh, Big Lurch was so clearly on PCP. It, I mean, is it, he was so he growled at the police what he did to Tanisha. He had to be on PCP, and the PCP that they found in Tanisha's system. The levels were so high that they said she had to have ingested it liquid, oh. which isn't what people do. They dip the blunts in it or they sprinkle it into a blunt and they smoke the blunt. Mm. Nobody just you know, nobody drinks PCP. Mm. So mm. the levels that she had in her system were so high that they said it had to be. It couldn't have been in, you know, from a blunt. She had to just drink PCP, which means. You know, if you follow the unofficial story, so basically the unofficial story that Big Lurch is saying from jail, because he's still talking and stuff and um, trying to have a rap career and everything from jail, his story and other people who like Big Lurch's story is, yo, I was there smoking PCP and then they, or, or I got there and I smoked PCP. His story is I got there and I smoked PCP and I don't know what happened. That was it. Other people's stories, including her mom, is other people were had to be there, and they let him take the fall for this whole thing. But there's no way he did it by himself. Is what the unofficial story is. I could take I or know. leave the the either story, but I, more evidence leans toward they were both smoking PCP and he lost his mind. Yeah, it just what a police have no motive in trying to cover this up. So saying the evidence, it just. There's no reason for the po- like only the only reason I could see 
is that that was easier than doing the harder police work and trying mm-hmm. to prove Thomas Moore was there. It's like, you got a guy, he's running down the street, butt naked, pulling his hair out. He's got her blood on him. He's got her organs in his, in his stomach. stomach. Right. Case closed. That was easier than going, like if this was a, a TV show or a movie, some like detective would show up, like Morgan Freeman or something, and be like, ah, you don't think it's that easy, do you? And they'd be like, look, look, old man, the case is closed. It was clearly this guy. Ah, didn't you say he was left-handed? And there's some weird, like, ah, look at those handprints on the wall. Those are right-handed fingerprints. So what's that? And then now you got to do a real investigation. They were like, fuck that. Get that old man out of here. Mm. This dude's naked. It was him. Case closed. The jury deliberated, deliberated for all of an hour. So it was like, done. Mm-hmm. This is done. You were out here butt naked and on butt naked, butt naked, covered in blood. <laughs> you did it, man. You don't remember what you did? Well, we'll tell you what you did. You did it. You're going to jail. Case closed. So he's in jail for the rest of his life. Um, he still professes his innocence and says that he, he doesn't know what happened. He well, doesn't even know. Yeah, I was about to say. How yeah, is so he? he? But the crazy thing is that um, during the trial, um, the, the state's attorney pulled up one of his songs called I Did It To You. And the lyric in the song is... Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and Freddy Krueger, Jeffrey Dahmer, Charles Manson, and all your friends are finna school you. Wow. Which, based on that, that <laughs> earlier clip that played, uh, I'm assuming that y'all heard some straight trash. I'm just gonna make a guess that that was a trash song that I infused into this, mm-hmm. and um, cause that's awful. I wonder how long it took up to come up with that line. Also, like. There could not be a more incriminating <laughs> rap line for a person that like ate somebody yeah. than you then have that. a rap song where you're like, I am like uh, three fictional murderers <laughs> and a guy who ate somebody uh-huh. and a crazy uh, cult leader. I'm like all of those things combined and I'm going to school you. On what? <laughs> Killing? You know? So they play that, you know, some old white, maybe like 45-year-old white lawyer with a big mustache was like, uh-huh. I mean, folks, Need I say more? <laughs> the guy's a the guy's a murderer, you know. Who idolizes Charles Manson and Jeffrey Dahmer and Freddy Krueger? I mean, it's not on me to prove to you. Just listen to the song, folks. <laughs> the the prosecution rests. I saw that on Law and Order once. <laughs> so they so they hit him with some of his lyrics in court, and he did not like that at all. But however, <clears throat> Tanisha's mother Carolyn says she does not think Lurch acted alone. And although she does not forgive him, she, or, or although she does forgive him, she will never forget. And with that being said, she does believe that he should have a new trial. Why? Because she she thinks that she genuinely believes from what I saw. They had a di- they had an interview. She believes that he was there just on Sherm. And then her boyfriend killed her. And then they were like, hey, man, you want some chicken? But it was like her lung. And then he freaked out. Maybe they gave him some more PCP. And then they were like, yo, get all the guns and the drugs and let's go and leave him here. Mm. That sounds way more elaborate. Sounds way and too complicated. Cra- yeah, it sounds way <laughs> crazier. That's just what I mean. Like sometimes the crazy answer is the answer. Mm. But in this case, that just sounds so crazy. Like that would make me think that Thomas More, if he planned it out that way, is some kind of crazy genius to be like, yeah, man, we're going to smoke him up, leave him here. I'm going to kill Tanisha 
and then we're going to leave the house with no fingerprints or anything like that, even though they did apparently. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave the house with no evidence that we were here and it was just him. And then when the police show up, it's him here naked on Sherm and she's dead and then it's him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like if you're a gangbanger in L.A. and you're mad at your girlfriend or whatever, you just shoot her and take your chances of maybe catch her, shoot her on her way to the store or something uh-huh. in a drive-by and then just take your chances of the police not being able to find the gun or something. This is, how would you, how, to think that, that would say, Tom, that would mean Thomas Moore knows, well, I mean, if you smoke enough PCP, you'll eat somebody. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows that. So we'll use that to our advantage, the stigma behind PCP, that you eat people, that will make him eat some of her, and then they'll just go, well, he must have killed her and ate her. But why would he, it's how just would so they, elaborate, man. Yeah, but how would they know he's going to go for her? That's what I mean. It's just it's like, <laughs> it's just so wild, like, that it's just crazy. Anyway, that was a story, a very uh mm. rant and uh tangent filled story about Big Lurch, aka Antron Singleton. Antron. Antron. Very interesting. That's crazy. By interesting I mean bad. <laughs> uh but that was my story. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. All right, folks, and we are back. Really quick, um, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Sammy Smith from the Facebook group. Although she does not listen to Serial and Serial, she did unintentionally post on the Facebook group, like, hey, have you guys seen this cereal? And it is, in fact, the cereal that I'm going to do next month. I just ordered it. So, um, Wait, I Golden just, O's? No, it's it's a Funko cereal. Oh, that colorful-looking Yeah, shit? I got okay. the Gollum cereal. Um, so she kind of... Since she posted it, I felt the urge to go. Yeah, I, that's what I'm doing. I just, mm-hmm. it just, you know what I mean. Like it, I didn't. I'm a all all honesty. I'm a super uh, paranoid person, so I didn't want to give somebody credit. I wanted to go. Hey, well, I already ordered it. So when I do it next month, it's not because you put this up. It, I already ordered it because <laughs> that's just the kind of self esteem that I have. That uh-huh. I need people to know. Hey, man. I'm not doing this because you influenced me to. I'm doing this because I'm an original person, and you don't get any credit. So I'm taking your credit now before you even get a chance to take any credit. I ordered it before you even put this article up. That's just the insecurities in me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do that. So just FYI, people, if you see any of those Funko brand cereals online and you want to send them to the P.O. box, we're all for it because I do, um, I'm going to get a cereal shelf in our pod loft mm. on one of these walls maybe and just keep the boxes and put them up there just to look at and just see the work that we've done over time and hopefully one day it'll be so many boxes that we have to have a whole room f- with shelves on all the walls to even have space for the boxes and then we still got boxes in the closet that well, we, we can't even put these up it's not enough space that's my dream. <laughs> anyway, friend, the floor is yours. Please tell me your affirmative murder this week. My affirmative murder this week is a cold case. Okay. Which that I like. Yeah, I, I enjoy those. Yeah. So, um, affirmative murder this week is about the the doodler. The the doodler. Yeah. Is it D U D E? No. D U D L E R. Yeah. I would say Dudler. But that's just... No, it's spelled D-O-O-D-L-E-R. Oh, D-O-O. Yeah. That's Doodler. Doodler, Yeah, that's right? Doodler. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Like, like Doodle Bob. Yep. Yoing, yoing. <laughs> so the Doodler, also known as the Black Doodler, oh. is an unidentified serial killer believed responsible for the 14 murders and three ass- and three assaults. This is a very um, California-based episode, I think. Yeah. 
uh, believe the responsible for 14 murders and three assaults of men in the gay community of San Francisco, California. Whoa. Between January 1974 and September of 1975, the nickname was given due to the perpetrator's habit of sketching his victims prior to their sexual encounters and murders by stabbing. And what, he would just leave them there? What do you mean? After the sketch? I guess. That's creepy. That is creepy. That's like Twisted Titanic. <laughs> fucking God. guy draws them out and picks them and then leave it there yeah. right next, right beside him. Oh, that's oh. creepy. Uh, so the perpetrators, the perpetrator met his victims at gay nightclubs, bars, and restaurants. They do, they do have a sketch of this guy. Um, I'll put it up on the on the Facebook page. Do they call him the Black Doodler because they believe he's like is the sketch of a yeah. black guy? Mm-hmm. A black guy? Yep. Oh. It is believed that the Doodler killed up to fourteen people. A consistent method used in several of his killings was stabbing the victims in front and back of their bodies. Mm. Police theorize that the victims had all died after meeting with the suspect near the locations where their bodies were recovered. Police initially believe believe there could have been as many as three different perpetrators during the early stages of investigation. Oh. Gerald Cavanaugh, um, a Canadian-American immigrant, is believed to be the Doodler's first victim. He was 49 at the time of his murder, which had occur- occurred by stabbing. Gerald's fully clothed body was located on January 24, 1974, lying face up on Ocean Beach in San Francisco, California. Oh. In the early hours of the morning, he had died hours before. He was determined to have been conscious at the time he was killed and had attempted to resist the killing because he had self-defense wounds. He mm. initially remained unidentified, being temporarily known as John Doe Number 7 by the medical examiner. He was a single man with a few details about his personal life. And the John Doe name is going to come up why they just used that as... Number 7? Yeah. I would, ass- I would assume it's because there were so many people, right? Mm, 14. Nah. No? Okay. Um, well, yeah, that too, but that's not, that's not what oh. they said. Yeah. So Joseph J. Stevens was best known by the nickname J, was discovered by a woman walking along Spreckles Lake, location located in San Francisco, San Francisco on June 25, 1974. Stevens was 27 and had died recently before his body was found as he had been witnessed at a nightclub the previous day. Mm. He was employed as a female impersonator and comedian. A, a drag queen? Maybe it's different. I don't know. <laughs> it might be different. I don't want to I don't want to hurt any I don't want to offend any of the communities out right, there. Right, right. A female impersonator and a what? Comedian. Okay. Officers suspected that Stevens was alive at the time he had been he had been at Sprinkles Lake possibly transporting himself to the area with his killer. This dude, Claus Christman, I thought his name was Claus Christmas. I was about to say Christmas Claus. Christmas <laughs> what kind of? Yeah, so Claus Christman. You change your name if that's your name. Yeah. A German, I know he got hella jokes about that, but. <laughs> a German American immigrant was discovered by a woman walking her dog on July 7, 1974. His death had been somewhat more violent than the other previous murders because he had considerably more stab wounds than Stevens. He probably fought back harder. Yeah and had been slashed in the throat several times. Mm. The body was fully clothed. Christmas, unlike the previous victims, was married and had children. Oh. The fact that he had a makeup tube, which is in quotes, on his person on his person when he had died suggested the police had been the police had may have been a clo- a closeted a closeted cl- sorry, closeted gay man. 
mean, he, you know, he might just like to have kissable lips, you know. Don't make assumptions. <laughs> just because you see a man with, you know, uh, some kind of chapstick with a high gloss ratio, don't just make assumptions out there. Maybe it was the shade that the, the person at the store said was perfect for you. <laughs> he remained unidentified briefly while police were investigating the case, the cases, which they had believed were related after the third murder. He was buried in his native country. Nice. Frederick Elmer Kappen, age 32, was discovered on May 12, 1975 in San Francisco. He had been stabbed like the other victims, dying from strikes to the aorta. Mm. It is believed his body had been moved approximately 20 feet um, as disturbance in the nearby sand in the nearby sand indicated. Kappen mm. was identified through fingerprints. When these were matched to those taken, quote, by the state due to his occupation as a nurse, he also had served in the United States Navy, earning medals while serving in Vietnam. Harold Goldberg. So he he was a nurse in Vietnam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Harold. Yeah. Harold yeah, Goldberg, age 66, was a was a Swedish American immigrant who was discovered on June 4th, 1975, in a, decom- in a decomposed state about two weeks after his death in Lincoln Park. He remains slightly inconsistent with the other murders because he was far older than the others and his underwear had been taken by his killer and his pants were unzipped. Goldberg is believed to be the final victim of of the doodler. While he remained unidentified, he is known as John Doe number 81. Whoa. And you said that's going to get explained? Well. That's a jump. I don't. I don't think the numbers had anything to do. I think. Think it was just a. Oh wait, is it so many John Does in California that that's is that what it is? Maybe. And but I'll just, I'll just say it now. But also because they, they, the reason why. Just hold on. I don't want to jump okay, too far. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, police questioned a young man as the murder suspect in the case, but could not pre- but could not proceed with criminal charges because three surviving victims did not want to, quote, out themselves by testifying against him in court. Wow. And that's what I mean about why I think they called him John Doe's. Oh, at to, that not, time. To, because, not, to not uh, reveal their names? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Among the stabbing survivors... Wait, wait, but they were calling the John Doe's were the dead people. Yeah. Not the survivors, right? But, I mean, when they put out the news, they, they're they not going to say their names. Because I, that's this is why... Well... Well, I'm just... This is... Based on my knowledge of mm-hmm. what a John Doe is, a John Doe is a name given to an unidentifiable body. Right. Now, they do have these people's names um, of the dead bodies, but that might have come late. This is this is just... Okay, uh, yeah, I, I see like, what you're saying. That might have come later. Yeah. Okay. But initially, when they were trying to figure out who they were, they're like, we don't know who it is. He's John Doe. Oh, okay. Until we find somebody to claim this body. Yeah. Well, uh, well what I think the, what I was trying to say, the numbers, I don't think the numbers had anything to do with it. No, and as that, far and as that, this... And later, that's what I was saying later okay. on, but... After the first thing I said, I was saying, when you said 81, I was like, oh, well, also, people were dying a lot in California. Oh, okay, also, a gotcha. lot of people okay. migrate to California, vagrants, homeless people, so they might have a lot of John Doe's. A lot of people turn up dead in California. So, oh, you mean <clears> between, <throat> between, uh, between 6 and six, 81? Eight, gotcha. That, okay. Cases that don't even have anything to do with this Right, one, right. You know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. I thought you were saying the numbers had something to do with how many people he killed. That's why I was saying. That was the initial. That was oh, okay. what I thought at first. All but right. then when you said 81, I was like, you said he only killed 14. Right, so right. Could, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the surviving victims did not want to out themselves by testifying against him in court. Among the stabbing survivors were, quote, a well-known entertainer and a diplomat. 
The suspect cooperated with police during his interview, but he never admitted guilt for the murders and attacks. Officers stated that they strongly believe that the man in question was responsible for the crime, but he was never tried or convicted because of the survivor's refusals to appear in court. Wow. The date, the su- the date, wait, I'm sorry. To date, the suspect never has been named publicly or apprehended. Very little information is available about the crimes. Wow. That is, I envy that in a way because today in society, you kind of have to deal with the court of public opinion. So even if, even if that guy wasn't the person, mm. he doesn't have to deal with the accusation. Yeah, but that's... People don't, because people don't print retractions these days. They only print the tabloid. Like, yeah, and that sucks because it's like. So he got to remain anonymous. Yeah, he and and these people didn't want to come out, so they was like scared, they're terrified. For yeah. one, I'm I'm a closeted gay guy. I don't want anybody knowing, especially the guy that has two kids and like has a yeah. family, whatever. And it's like, if they, I'm not testifying because I'm not getting wrapped up in this case of this guy that kills gay people. I'm I'm not comfortable saying that I'm gay. Right. So, no. And that's and it's like we have this guy. But that's we a good can't, point too. That, that might we, even be more of the case than a fear, right? That, like, that might even be more of, of a, a a a fear of being judged or right. you know not wanting to own who you are as a person mm-hmm. than this guy's some big scary killer who if I reveal myself he might kill me for testifying against him. Right. That I didn't even th- I didn't even think about that. You, right, until you and just that's said that. right. That's why I did the stories because like they had this guy. If this the guy, they had him in the palm of their hand. They didn't even get a chance and to find couldn't... out if it is the guy to even take him through a trial because exactly. people didn't want to Because people like, no, hell yeah, no. no. I, got a, I got away from one time. And... Do you know what my mother will do to me <laughs> if I am gay? Right. Like, you know, I, like I survived one. Yeah. I got away. I lived to what he tried to do to me. And then I'm not let, I don't want this to get out. Yeah. I'm not going to, quote, unquote, ruin my life, which is, you know, probably the way a lot of you know people felt in the 70s, especially you know, some of these people were gay. I mean, mm-hmm. were black. I mean, you think they think that the killer was black. So yeah. being black and gay in the seventies, because being black and gay in two thousand eighteen is so rough for people, mm-hmm. man. Because it's so much um, homophobia in the black community. So it's just ru- it's hard, you know. So I can only imagine the levels in the seventies. Yeah. I can only assume just from time passing that progression happened. So even what we have now. Is better than it was in the seventies, but I mean to be black and gay in the seventies, I can only imagine, you know. But, but that's be, that's crazy that he got to remain yeah. anonymous, not and, even be put on a, you know. Remember, remember that shoot. Do you remember that shooting that happened in Dallas? Like that, somebody shot a bunch of police officers, and then they blew the person up with a bomb. Like he he went into a police he he went into a parking garage, and then they went they took a drone into the into the parking garage and blew him up. This happened no. like this happened like four years ago. The hell? It was a, like a bunch of cops got shot in Dallas. It was like a mass shooting of police in Dallas. They had a guy who was on the news who they just said like, this is him. And it wasn't. But for like a week, maybe longer, I don't know the guy's life, but for a, a significant amount of time, they thought that the guy that was on the news killed all those police officers. And that dude, he got fired from his job. He had to deal with death threats and all this kind of stuff. And then the retraction of that was so much smaller than the number one trending topic on Twitter of, have you seen this guy? He killed all these cops. And then the the retraction was like a Dallas news story that said people thought it was him, but it wasn't. Good night. You know, you, you don't get the... The retraction is is printed in super small letters, and then the accusation is printed in huge, gigantic letters. You know, so that's pretty crazy that that guy that's got to remain, remain anonymous and didn't didn't ever have to deal with people saying, "You're the doodler," you know, 
I don't know if that's cool or I don't know, but it's just not, it's not a reality that we live in today. If you get accused of something, that's it. Like mm. that girl, remember that girl, Amber Cole? In high, we, I don't know if we were in high school, but she like got caught on video sucking dick on camera. Oh yeah. Like in yeah, high, yeah. School, high school, yeah. like a bunch of guys or something like mm-hmm. that. She's, st- that's her, that's going to follow her forever, you know? Probably still find a damn video. If you like, oh, if you try him. hard enough, it is, that is kitty porn. That's though, crazy. So don't, you know, don't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. No, don't do that. Uh, don't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, these things that we do in society today, they just follow us because you know the, the you know the internet exists and you know Twitter exists and people hear the story but don't get the full context of the story mm-hmm. and they turn you into this villain. But then when it turns out you're not that villain, that same person who was find this person's address, call their job, get them fired. They don't come back around and say, oh, my bad. I was wrong. It's just, we made a mistake. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, well. Yeah, it it turns out that person's not. You ruined somebody's life. (laughs) Cause you had a bad judgment. You made a mistake. Yeah. Cause you you rolled with it. Yeah. But as I was about to say is, as far as, if I was on the side of law enforcement, it's like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? You can't make people testify. Right. Like, we just stuck here. We, it's like a cold was, case, but like, nah, they probably have an asterisk next to that cold case. Like, we know it was, we, it was him. Yeah. You know, they it said was, it. They said we strongly believe it was him, but yeah. we can, can't can charge him for anything. Yeah. Um, so two other potential suspects arose um, in 1977 after a pair of men from Redendo Beach, Riverside, California, were questioned we after- We have a listener from Riverside. Oh, we did? Cool. We sent her a sticker. Um, was questioned after their arrest under suspicion of murder with the similar- Circumstances approximately twenty eight, approximately twenty eight that occurred after homosexual encounters. The case is currently open, and I don't know um, when this was written, but uh, the case is currently open and ongoing in San Francisco Police Department. With new DNA technology since technology since the crimes, the police department has been trying to to see where the case is at and if anything is worth sending to a DNA lab. Very sick, so keep an eye on it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool. So after at at the time activist Harvey Milk public pop you know him? Yeah, he was like was he a congressman? I think I think so. he was killed though. He he was a gay he was either a congressman or he was just a gay activist, like the of the a big deal. A first openly gay elected official. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So at the time activist Harvey Milk publicly expressed empathy for the victims who refused to speak with the police. Stating, quote, I understand their position. I respect the pressure society has put on them. Yeah. Milk elaborated that the three men likely feared damaging relationships with yeah. family and also in the workplace. Citing that he believed only 20, 20% to 20 to 25% of the 85,000 gay men in San Francisco were open about their sexuality. Wow. So that was the doodler. The doodler. Yeah. Which they had the sketch, so he's black. Yeah, he's a black man. But um, that's rough, man. I, I really feel for a person who doesn't feel like they can be themselves. That's yeah. rough, you know. Mm-hmm. That's 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 not a that's not a um that's not a reality that I live with. So I can't I can but I can empathize. I can go, man. You don't want to tell your parents something about you, yeah. you know? Like I couldn't imagine being like, no, don't say that, people. I don't want people to know that. That will ruin my life. Like, if I had something that I, some secret, like, if, if I was like, 
No, don't tell people I listen to Fallout Boy. If you tell people I listen to Fallout Boy, they will stop talking to me. <laughs> they won't talk to me anymore. Uh, I'll lose my job, my friends. Like I just, I, that's so rough. I, yeah, it's really rough. Let me ask you a question. Do you think this guy had this all planned out? Meaning, like, meaning, you think he knew it was going to turn out this way? Him not being able like to get people caught. Wouldn't, people wouldn't come forward. Yeah. I never want to give people. Whenever something is feels so too coincidental, I never want to give people credit for that mm-hmm. because that just it creates these layers. It's mm-hmm. just like my story where if I'm saying that that guy Thomas um, Moore is the killer, the mm-hmm. real killer, then that means he knew that people think so bad of PCP that if I give Big Big Lurch PCP and give him a food like pieces of tanisha Mm -hmm. then people will see that there's food in him and they'll go oh yeah man he ate her and if he ate her then he must have killed her Mm -hmm. it's such a laid out kind of thing that i just i don't think people are that smart that's why i have those conflicts about like still like the thing that gave me solace and peace after who took johnny is like when when you start to go man like does the president know about child pedophilia and all kind of stuff you go the, the bigger you say something is, the more credit you're giving to a person mm-hmm. like the security guard or somebody in those circles who just, they go home and they don't tell their wife how their day was. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, like if you if you say 9-11 happened the way people say it was, which is it was an inside job to the point where there was explosives put it in there by the government and all this kind of stuff. That means you're saying there was some construction company who went in there and put the bombs in there and then they just went home and their their wives were like, Hey Louie, how was work today? He was like, "It was cool, Michelle." And you just brush that off. I can't, for years? Oh, I can't tell you though. For twenty crazy. years. That's what I'm saying for years. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like I just, I don't, I don't give people that much credit. I, I can't give people that much credit. That would mean the world works in a com- such a way that I can't even fathom it. That everybody's so tight-lipped on, on the if like if there's aliens and nobody has been like. But then on that same note, there have been like individuals mm. who have said. I saw aliens and they've turned up missing or died. But just collectively, like the number of people in governments, right? So if there's a, a Area 51 or whatever, mm-hmm. a lot of people work there. Somebody cleans Area 51. There's a janitor there. That janitor's... And they don't say anything? Come on, man. <laughs> Area 51 is apparently, so like supposedly, if it's real, been around for like 60 years. For 60 years, that place has been getting cleaned and... Air conditioning has been getting fixed, and they've been changing over the computer systems, and all these people have been coming in and out. Now, I'm not talking about the head of the Area 51 or the second-in-command or some person that's in the... I mean, like, the contracted people that, mm-hmm. you know, does the plumbing. you telling me they didn't... The don't get stopped. That's what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> that, and that person might have saw an alien run around the hallway butt-naked with cheeks out and just was like, well, I swore to secrecy, so I'm not telling anybody what I saw. So that's just how it is. I don't think it just that's when it gets hard to believe. So no, I don't think that guy was wanted to kill people, but he was like, yeah, but if I kill gay people, then they won't say that they're gay. They won't confess to me being attacking them because then they would be confessing that they were gay. I just I just can't give that guy that much credit, (laughs) and I refuse to. Anyway, that was a great story. Loved it, Fran. Something happened last week. We skipped our news segment. And people went crazy. There was almost a revolt yeah. in the streets. People were not happy about it. So my question that I have to you is, are you ready <laughs> to play? Yeah, man, I'm ready. All right, cool. 
And now, it's time for True Crime's Hottest Game Show. That's right, folks. Welcome to the game show that is sweeping the nation, Frazzle Fran, because nothing brings me more pleasure than telling friends something complicated and watching them get frustrated, <laughs> flummoxed, and frazzled. So, Fran, are you ready to be frazzled this week? Yes, I am. Let's go. Okay. <clears throat> there is a man found dead in a circular mansion. Okay. The detectives interview the cook, maid, and babysitter. The cook said, I couldn't have done it. Because I was preparing the meal. Mm -hmm. The maid said, I couldn't have done it because I was dusting the corners. Mm -hmm. The baby said, I couldn't because I was playing with the children. Okay. Who was lying? The babysitter said she was playing with she. The baby, the babysitter. I said baby, which I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> do that again because I don't. I, you might not have caught it, but the listeners might be like, a baby said something. Uh, so the babysitter said, I couldn't have done it because I was playing with the children. So who was lying? The babysitter said she was she playing, playing with, the children. with the children. The maid said. The cook said he was cooking. He was preparing dinner. a meal. Preparing a meal. Okay. Um, and the, the maid said, maid she, was said the she was dusting the corners. But the detectives and the guy was killed in a circular mansion. Mm -hmm. The maid. Yes. And why is that? Because the mansion is circle. There you go, <laughs> folks. Wow. <laughs> That's right. That's right, give it up, give it up. Yes, keep it going. That's right. The first week we had a slip up because I thought we were going to get off to a, a great start and that was going to be the week where he was triumphant in this game because it had something to do with his profession. <laughs> However, <laughs> this one, this week is the week, even though this is the second time we played the game because we had a mishaps last week <laughs> and we did not play. <laughs> Fran is now in the second time of playing Frazzle Fran. He has not been frazzled this week. He is, in fact, victorious. Yes, I am. Congratulations to you, friend. Thanks, that sir. is a that is a riddle that some people might say is easy, but if you don't catch all those little hints, you might not get that one. And yep. I saw it in your eyes, and, and and you picked up on those little words. Yep. I feel like you might have been practicing some riddles in, in the off time, <laughs> just to pick up on those subtleties. Maybe, maybe yeah, not. You know, so I, you know, I consider that performance enhancing drugs, but that's cool. You know, <laughs> to be studying riddles on your off time, that's fine. Folks, I was not able to frazzle Fran this week, but tune in next week for another opportunity to frazzle Fran. Folks, I want to make sure that I let you guys know that, once again, we appreciate the reviews that have been coming in. They've been coming in crazy. You know, I don't even know what it's up to now. I think it's at like 120 or something stupid. Mm. Um, we appreciate the kind words, but again, that's not what we need them for. It's something about the algorithm and the programming or something. It, it will help us, according to many how to build a podcast statistics, it will help us. And, and and maybe those are wrong, but you know what, damn it? We're not asking for much, mm. and you guys are still delivering. So we appreciate the rallying call. And we appreciate, uh, um, I've, apparently um, we've been told by several people to keep an eye out on the P.O. box. So, Fran, just keep okay. an eye out on that. And um, whatever you guys send is appreciated. And um, I will say once again, you know, if you got a, a buck or two to, to spare, make a donation to the Innocence Project. They're doing really important things over there. They are freeing people every day. I just read a story about a guy who just got out 
and because he was innocent, like when you get out of jail as a guilty person, mm-hmm. you get money and stuff like that, or they or, or you get put in not much, but you also get put into programs or like how to re you know assimilate into society, maybe help you find a job. Okay. When you get go through the innocence project or like just fight your case and you mm-hmm. get your case overturned, they're just like, okay, well, bye. Do they clear out your your the yeah? They okay. ex- I believe they exonerate you okay. and they clear your record, but they also just go, oh, you've been in jail since 1999. Well, you're innocent, so you don't go through the same procedure. So the door's open. Have a nice life. Wow. You know, computers are different. Food's different. <laughs> the world is completely different. Right. It's like you step out of a time machine, but a shitty one. You know, and they don't help you. So, but I'd rather have my freedom than uh, some program. You know. So yeah. again, if you got some money to spare. Hit up the Innocence Project with a buck or two, you know, and tell them affirmative murder sent you. But um, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crime, Franco Evans. Until next time. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.